Summer Sundays are meant for freshly cut grass, ballpark dogs, and the best baseball talk you can find. So kick back with your bacon and eggs and pour yourself a mimosa while Phillies announcer Greg Murphy and Green Legion Radio's Chris Sack break down your fighting fills and take you around the league right now on Baseball Brunch. Play ball! Welcome in to Bud Light Baseball Brunch brought to you by Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club, powered by Green Legion Radio, here live on 102.5 Fox Sports The Gambler in Philadelphia, WDASAM, around the rest of the Delaware Valley, or simply download that iHeartRadio app and you can listen to us anywhere crystal clear worldwide. This is Chris Sack of Green Legion Radio broadcasting to you live from the iHeartRadio studios in Ballackinwood, Pennsylvania. And for once, I am not jealous of my co-host in his position, uh, as he is in, <laughs> as far as Gump would say, our nation's capital. Phillies broadcaster right. Greg Murphy. What's up, Murph? How are we doing this morning? Oh, we're doing great. Another Sunday morning following a Phillies win. Um, and, uh, you know, all is well in the world. And, yeah, I'm here at Nationals Park, uh, high above the field here at Nationals Park. And uh, hoping that the Phils can put another uh, decent ball game together and uh, finish up this road trip with two straight wins. That'd be nice. I know some people aren't happy with the uh, the press level accommodations there at Nationals Park. Where do you stand on that? Uh, it's it's too high. It, it it makes you know it makes the job of calling the game. You know, I'm not calling the game on a daily basis, uh, but Scott and Tom and those guys, it, it's it's a difficult place to call a game because the the perspective, and I, I don't know if you, people on StreamYard can see it, but we are way, way up there. And, uh, you know, it's hard to tell the difference sometimes between a line drive and a, and a ground ball, like a hard-hit ground ball that uh, maybe a one-hopper through the gap and stuff. So, you know, it is what it is, I guess. You, you, you get used to it and you, and you deal with it. But there are better press boxes, broadcast booths around Major League Baseball, that's for sure. I've always said Nationals Ballpark, you know, Nationals Park is a baseball stadium that looks like a spaceship with parking garages attached to it. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when they first built it and, and you know, you had to be, I guess, maybe midway up in the ballpark, but uh, when they first built it, there was a really cool view of the Capitol and, and a lot of, uh, you know, the different monuments around. But now that uh, the construction has all kind of happened in and around the ballpark, the area is kind of cool. But you can't see anything anymore that kind of tells you that you're in Washington, D.C. And I think that's a little disappointing. I understand why it happens. Obviously, uh, what they've done here in the neighborhood has been pretty spectacular. I uh, have restaurants and bars and, and apartments and all of that, which, which is cool. The storage but, container uh, bar? Do, do they still have the storage container bar down there? They do. Yes, my daughter went there last night. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I said, of all these places you could go to, that's where you went. <laughs> um, but uh, but she's 23, so that's what they do, right? If she so, wants to drink beers uh, but, in the uh, storage container, yeah. she could just come over to my uh, my yard in Philadelphia. You know, <laughs> not, you know a, not a problem. We have enough storage containers where you can drink right there. Do it for free. She's 
She said it's a lot of fun. I, I guess there was a time in my life I would have thought that was fun, too, but uh, that time has passed at this point. So. No doubt about it. Hey, let's talk about our friends because this uh, this first segment is brought to you by our good friends over at State Farm. When you make the right decision, it feels good, like picking the perfect furniture or choosing a good night's sleep over an all-night TV series binge. It feels really good to make the right insurance decision, too. That's why State Farm agent Dave Bavuso is here to help you select the right protection at the right price. Dave will make sure you understand your State Farm coverages so you'll know what to expect if the unexpected happens. With State Farm agent Dave Bavuso, it's easy to make the right choice. Just call him when you want the real deal. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You can reach him at 856-740-5012. That's 856-740-5012. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. Okay, let's go ahead. Let's dive in here. Before we talk about the week that was for our Philadelphia Phillies, and is this going to be what this season is meant to be or are we going to write the ship sooner rather than later and we'll address that here in a couple minutes as we go out of the box but let's give away a couple tickets here for Phillies Royals on Saturday August 5th at 6.05 yes a Saturday game which means you can hang out you know enjoy yourself you don't have to worry about the midweek game that I've been giving it to everybody so far this season out of my season ticket plan um, I will be coming home from um, I'll be coming home from Minnesota that day as I fly out and I knock off ballpark number 21 target field the day before uh, so I'm not going to be able to use them so might as well just give them away to somebody else that can enjoy them so Murph listen I don't know what kind of you know stuff you like to get yourself into when you know when you're not working um, but uh, you know you have the voice for it I, I've always wondered you know are you a crooner are you the type of guy that likes to go out there you're at a karaoke night a karaoke bar do you enjoy to sing so that's why today's topic your go-to karaoke song all right. Yeah, I love it. Um, and, and to answer your question, yeah, I kind of, I, I do. I love to sing. Um, my father is a, has a beautiful singing voice, uh, as always, you know, uh, throughout my whole childhood. And, and, and I can sing a little bit. Um, not, and that's not nearly as good as him, but, um, but yeah, over the years, I've, I've gotten up on stage and, and done a couple of tunes here and there. And, uh, karaoke is a lot of fun. I generally have to have a few pops in me first no before doubt. I have the courage no doubt yes. and do it. But, uh, but I, 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 this was an easy list for me. I was able to put together because I, I do have a couple go-tos for sure. Okay, so why don't, you, why don't you give us one of your five and then we'll get the rest of your five um, in the last segment when uh, we award the tickets. Drop this one. You know I'm a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. And Jimmy Buffett, I mean... You talk about good karaoke. If you're out in a like at a bar outside and you want to get the crowd going, Jimmy is the way to go. And uh, I, I, you know, they don't always have all of his deepest cuts, but uh, the easy one is Margaritaville. It's an easy one to sing first and foremost, and uh, it always gets the crowd going. It's a lot of fun. So Margaritaville. If you, if you see me out down the shore and uh, we're out at a at a beach bar somewhere and they're karaokeing. Yeah, pretty good chance you'll see me sing at Margaritaville. There were odds on a sports book today that you were going to choose Margaritaville on your top five list. I would have won a lot of money. I would have put Even. the whole, I would have I, I put the house on it, no doubt about it. Uh, for me, Murph, I, I sang this to my wife at her wedding. Um, you know, she didn't want to do. She did not want to do the bouquet. She didn't want to do the garter. And I told her, I was like, listen. I was like, I'm going to do something stupid if, if we're not going to go the traditional route. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, eh. so I wound up and I did it again 
on our honeymoon because we were at a place uh, you know, I was doing karaoke that night. I want it that way by the Backstreet Boys. You know, like I. It, oh, it, all right. Yeah, it's it, yeah. it's a good one. It's easy to sing, and man, the ladies love it. They enjoy it. Um, you know, yeah. nine years ago was when I got married. I was a lot thinner. I had better hair. Um, you know, so like, you know, I guess you could kind of relate me to being somewhat of a Backstreet Boy at the time. But uh, you there know, you go. But that's fallen by the wayside over the years. But I still will bust that tune out, no doubt about it. If the time ever were to arise, I, I got to ask real quick because John Jansen, I saved this for when John Jansen was producing the show. Jansen, you got to give me yours because I know you love singing Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. You got to give me the, the one that you would sing. What do you got, Jansen? Uh, walking in Memphis. Walking in Memphis. Only one I ever did. The Walking in Memphis. Says it's the only one he's ever done. And uh, Sam, you could put yours up there too. I'll read it off uh, once once we get into it. But make sure you guys go to our Facebook Live, uh, the Green Legion Facebook Live, our Green Legion Radio YouTube channel, or our Twitter handle at Green Legion. Our collective favorite answer will win at the beginning of the final segment. Murph, listen, we we have a little bit of fun at the beginning of the show, and we're gonna have a lot of fun throughout the course of the show. And but it has not been a fun week for our fight and fills uh, to say the very least uh, which, which had a lot of promise last Sunday on our show when we were together yeah. uh, when you were down in Atlanta and um, you know they they were set to take three or four in Atlanta and we were feeling pretty good about that night even though we were going up against Spencer Strider uh, and then you know Sunday night happens with Dylan Covey and and then you know we go to New York and we get swept by the Mets and then you know you Zach Wheeler pitches three and two-thirds innings and gives up seven runs on Friday night. And it just feels like when you when you start to feel the momentum starting to swing on the upside, we get hit with a week like this. And uh, it, it's been pretty rough. Yeah. Um, and you could see the good thing is, is the Braves this week, they struggled in Oakland. They lost two out of three. And, and you know, they, they've split so far in Arizona. So the Phillies have only lost one game in the National League East standings. We went from seven back to eight back. But... It's crunch time now, man. I know. I know it's it's June. It's early June, but for the love of God, I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick and tired of hearing about it being early June. Oh, and I think that talk is over at this point, Sack. I think you're right. You know, it, you know, is it? It. I don't know. Crunch time, maybe not. You know, maybe that's a little bit later in the summer. But it it is not early anymore. You're you're 100 correct. And uh, I don't think any of the guys in that clubhouse are are kind of hanging their hat on it's early anymore either. I certainly know Rob Thompson's not. Um, he's had a, a couple conversations with the with the media and uh, and with the clubhouse that uh, you know. It's time, guys. We we, we got to figure it out, and we got to figure it out quickly. You're right. It, it was a tough week. I mean, what happened in New York is it's really kind of a head scratcher. The you know when you look at the talent level between the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies, I mean it's even for sure, if not tipped in the favor of the Philadelphia Phillies. I would. I agree. I, you know, it, I, I, maybe I'm being a little bit of a of a homer there, but. Certainly, the domination that the Mets have had over the Phillies is almost impossible to figure out. You know, this is baseball. It, it, it's not supposed to be that one-sided. It, it rarely is that one-sided, and especially two teams that have a rivalry, two teams that know each other, two teams that have similar talent. It, the, the imbalance between the Phillies and the Mets on the field right now is remarkable, and I, I don't have an explanation for it, um, and it's frustrating. And I know it's frustrating for the guys in that clubhouse. Uh, certainly it's frustrating for the fans to watch. They need to figure that out because that could be the that could be the reason that they don't make the postseason this year. If they can't figure out how to beat the Mets 
on a much more consistent basis. So, you know, they played well in Atlanta. They played decent in Atlanta, and they got two out of four down there. And um, hopefully they get two out of three here in Washington. But, you know, you're still going to come home on the road trip, even with a win today at four and six. And I think when we left on this particular trip with ten games in front, you, you thought to yourself, five and five, okay, six and four would be great. Um, and they're not going to get there again. So it, it is disappointing for sure. Are the Phillies aware of their struggles against the Mets? Like, is it something that you could tell, like being around the team, being in the clubhouse, you know, around the guys? Like, are, like, are there, is their frustration level at the same, like, peak as ours as watching it as fans, knowing that, like, you know, we're getting handled? I mean, what, 4 and 15 last year against the Mets? We're starting out 0 and 3 this year. And previously, before that, the Mets have had our number for, like, it feels like the last five, six years now, uh, regardless of how talented they are, how talented we are, it just feels like, and we talked about this on the show last week, Murph, about like how competitive the Phillies have been against the Braves since the end of 2018. You know, what, 39 and 39 now? I mean, the Phillies have played the Braves tighter and better than any other team in Major League Baseball since the end of 2018, but we just can't seem to get it done against the Mets, and it's not like, you know, the Mets, yeah, we faced Scherzer in the last game of that series, but it's not like they went Scherzer, Verlander, uh, you know, you look at their lineup. It's like once you get past Alonzo, I looked at the, the, the five through nine. I'm like, who are some of these guys? And it's just you know, Mark Hanna. My God, this guy kills us, kills us every single time, especially Nola. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because they held Pete Alonzo in check. For the most part, they held Lindor in check. For the most part, they did a good job against Nimmo. And, th- and those are guys that you think, you know, all right, if they're going to be hot – you know, that, that lineup can be pretty good. But it was the guys at the bottom of the lineup that, that continue. And I, and I think if you go back last year, I mean, certainly Pete Alonso killed the Phillies last year. Um, but also that back end of the lineup did their damage as well. To answer your original question, you know, I, I do think one thing that fans have to keep in mind, this idea that the players aren't as frustrated as the fans is, is just incorrect. That is a group of guys down there that are beyond frustrated. And, and they're, they're talking to one another about it all the time. I had an interesting conversation with Garrett Stubbs, um, I, I guess, when we first arrived here, uh, here in D.C. And um, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, actually, maybe it was when we were in New York. I, I, I forget. But we were talking just about that particular topic. And he said, look, you know, we're in there all of the time. Going, guys, we got to figure this out. This is not acceptable. Look around. The talent in this room, we are better than this. I mean, these are the conversations the players are having with one another. And, you know, it's not like they don't understand, and it's not as if they don't care. They certainly do. Um, and, again, you know, I, I asked um, Garrett if, if it was a positive or a negative that they were able to do what they did last year. To, to make a run at the World Series after being, you know, 10 games under 500 this time of the year last year. I said, is that a, a positive because you can look back and draw on that experience? Or is it a negative because you're kind of kind of hanging your hat on it? Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he, I thought the answer was interesting. He, he looks at it as a positive uh, because he said at the end of the day, we know – for the most part, you know, the, the group of guys is a very similar group of guys. We know we have the ability to make a run. The problem is we just don't know when it's going to start. And, and he said, you know, we needed to start now. And, and hopefully today 
They get another win. They come home. They play Detroit. They play uh, against them well. You know, then the Dodgers are coming to town. But it needs to start now. They need to start winning series again, and they need to start um, putting a win, win streaks together, four out of five, six out of seven kind of thing. And they need to do that a little not a little bit, a lot more consistently going through June and July and August. Yesterday was the uh, one-year de- one anniversary of the Phillies firing Joe Girardi and, and you know, making interim manager Rob Thompson at the time. Um, you know, listen, they, it, after 58 games last season, the Phillies were 29 and 29. This year, they're 26 and 32. Uh, so they're a little bit more behind the eight ball as compared to last year, right around this time. Um, there's been a lot of criticism, you know, you know listening to sports talk radio, you know, throughout the course of the week. I've actually turned it off and been listening to more rock and roll than radio stations this week. Uh, but you know, and I'm saying that we're on a sports talk radio show, but, uh, you know, I had to kind of get away from it and unplug myself from it because, you know, People trying to call for the head of Rob Thompson one year after the fact is a little, little insane to me. I mean, like, I, I get Dave Dombrowski. You know, you it, 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 well, no, absolutely. And, and Murph, I, I look at it from this context, too. What manager in the right mind is going to want to take this job when the last two got canned w- within a year of each other? If that were the case, there's no stability to try and get yourself through the rough waters. I mean, I think we Girardi had the 2020 season, 2021, and the beginning of part of last year, so it made sense. Sense. But man, it is just it is just completely asinine. Uh, the, the the sports takes from some of the hosts as well as the, the the callers to these stations that Rob Thompson has lost his touch. You're around the team every day. You could sense his frustration, and he's really starting trying to get the wheels turning in that clubhouse. I, I, this is from what I what I read with Rob too, and you know I think it was right after the Mets series, and he was saying about how these guys are grinding day in and day out. Maybe they need to take a day and kind of get away from the grind because it's it's kind of like uh, your final exams in school. Like when you're doing too much with it, you tend to to overthink it and overdo it. Maybe they just need to take a step back and you know maybe not do batting practice one day. You know, just kind of kind of take a step back from it and just allow yourself to rediscover it naturally. What's your thought on Topper and on on that side of things? Okay, so first of all, John Jansen, Mark the tape, Chris Sack, the voice of reason here on this Sunday afternoon, uh, everything you just said, uh, yeah, yes, a thousand times. First of all, Hold on, cut that, it hasn't been cut, a year. <laughs> it hasn't been a year since uh, Rob Thompson. I mean, it's been a year since he took over, but it's only been six months since he led him to the World Series. You know, it's, it's you use the word asinine. I will ag- agree wholeheartedly the idea that, uh, that that is the issue here. It is not. Um, you know, the issue here is that the guys that you need to play at a high level, for the most part, have not played at a high level. And I still believe here on what, June the 4th, that that is going to change. There's plenty of time for that to change. And, uh, and I think it will. I, I don't know what the numbers are, but they're about three and a half games out of the wild card right now. Um, you Four know, and a half. Eight games. Behind. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then the Braves. I mean, again. It's, to me, it's it's way too early to even be looking at that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, the team just needs to play better. And, and every single guy in that clubhouse, coaches, players, training staff, will tell you the exact same thing. And it's not rocket science. If they don't play better, they won't make the postseason. If they play better, they probably will make the postseason. And, uh, I, you know, if I had to bet right now, 
I think they're going to play better. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's, there's so much talent down there. And this idea that Rob has lost his touch or that Dave Dombrowski all of a sudden doesn't know what he's doing, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, it, it's borderline, well, I, it's ridiculous, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. So <laughs> I don't have time for, for that kind of nonsense. I really don't. And, and it, I, it just makes me shake my head and move on um, when, when I hear stuff like that. I'm just glad that I'm not the one that's you know, stoking the nonsense. It's a, it, it's funny. My my wife yesterday, she's we we're over at my parents' house, and she's like, oh, "If they don't win this game today, Chris is probably going to go off the rails tomorrow." My dad's like, "Murph will keep him in check." Yeah. <laughs> hey, I didn't have to. You, you know, you, big picture is the way to look at a baseball season, and uh, you know, it, it's been it hasn't been pretty so far. This picture that we've we've gotten, but. Uh, Again, there's time. There's time. And and if at the end of the season, if we're in September and they're not in the postseason hunt, I'll be surprised. But but at that point, that's when you can start to say, okay, why? What were the reasons? And and I still think it's going to be inside that clubhouse and and probably at the feet of the players at that point. Um, but uh, but at that point, if you want to start asking questions, okay. But not now. Not now. The National League right now is completely jam-packed, too. Everybody is contending for a, a spot. The Phillies are four and a half out of a wild-card spot right now. And, and the last-place team in the National League, the St. Louis Cardinals, are six out. So, really, all it takes is one week out of any of these teams, and they're they're in a wild-card spot. So, you know, anything can happen. You, you just got to stay confident and stay consistent. And like you said, they have to get today. They have to win today, and then they have to come home, and they have to handle their business against the Tigers. And then we go in against the Dodgers, and you got to take two or three out of that series but you know don't hang out alone in the man cave for baseball this season try hanging out at cheerleaders with sexy entertainers four dollar domestic beers jameson specials and awesome game day experiences all season long that's right stop in before during or after the game not only to see your favorite entertainers but also your chance to have the best game day experience cheerleaders is open daily from noon until 2 a.m coming up on the other side we need to get an injury report on some of our fight and fills and we're going to go around the league and man, there is some weird stuff going on in Major League Baseball and outside of Major League Baseball. We're going to actually have a ho- hockey topic in the Around the League segment right here on Bud Light Baseball Brunch on 102.5 Fox Sports. The Gambler will be right back after this. The Gambler, Philly's home for all things sports gambling. Welcome back. Second segment here on this beautiful Sunday in the Delaware Valley. Hopefully it's just as beautiful down there in Washington, D.C. for our fight and fills. As we look to pick up another W back-to-back, that's called a win streak. Hopefully the Phillies can pull that off today down in, uh, down in our nation's capital. This segment's brought to you by our friends at the Ludlam Hotel in Seattle City. At 4000 Landis Avenue in Seattle City. Yes, it's the old LaCosta, and it's that time of year to get back down to the shore and enjoy yourself. The hotel is open year-round, and all guests enjoy free Wi-Fi, one free parking spot per room, and complimentary beach tags for all registered adults. Walking distance to everything. Check them out at LudlamHotel.com. That's Ludlam, L-U-D-L-A-M, Hotel.com. Or call them at 609-263-7829. That's 609-263-7829. For all your reservation, dining, or entertainment questions, the Ludlam Hotel, your new oasis in Sea Isle City. 
All right, Murph, let's get an injury report here because we've had some happenings going on with our fight and fills. Uh, hopefully we're getting them back on the field soon. So uh, let's go over a couple things before we get around the league and uh, have some topics here. Um, you know, God, the, the world of baseball just continues. It's a gift that keeps on giving the whole year, Clark. But uh, let's get an update. Jose Alvarado had a rehab assignment in Lehigh Valley last night. Um, tell us how he worked out. Uh, you know, it, you just froze there. I'm assuming you just asked about Jose Alvarado. Jose Alvarado, uh, I, yes. I didn't hear. But, yes. Uh, yeah, um, from uh, all accounts, uh, pretty darn good last night for Jose Alvarado at the Lehigh Valley. I didn't go back and look at his numbers, but I did see a couple of highlights. I know he had uh, a strikeout in his first in his first uh, uh, batter. He was only going to pitch one inning. And um, as long as, you know, the results are important, obviously, I think he was touching 97, 98 yesterday. But um, the results are important, but most important is the report they'll get today. And that is, you know, how does he feel coming out of that? Um, I, I think we expect that he'll be just fine, probably do one more rehab start down there in the Lehigh Valley and then and be back. So uh, that won't happen today. Could happen tomorrow, I guess. And then um, perhaps we see Jose back and active as early as game two or three of the Detroit series. Awesome. It'd be great to have that big gun at the back end of the bullpen once again. Uh, the bullpen's pitched well. It, it, it's, it, really, yeah. it really has. Uh, you know, Brogdon giving yeah. up that run uh, the other night in an 8-7 game, the 8-7 loss. And, uh, you know, Dylan Covey, uh, you know, we'll see how much longer he's on the team uh, beyond beyond uh, yesterday uh, or before Alvarado comes back up. Uh, Alec Bohm uh, was placed on the 10-day IL. Um, I guess it was his right hamstring strain uh, going on there. Hamstrings are fickle. They're not something that you really want to mess with. Um, but is this something that we're looking at with Bohm being out for short term or is this going to be a long term thing? Well, I think they believe it'll be short term. Um, you know, again, you never know. As you pointed out, the hamstring can be a, a fickle uh, injury for sure. But, um, you know, they, they when they put him on the IL, they made it retroactive a couple days prior. And they said they expected it to be a short stint on the injured list. So hopefully he's back in the 10-day period and uh, back out on the field. And uh, probably at that point wouldn't need to go out and, and make a rehab start, I wouldn't think, uh, having only missed a short period of time. So uh, I, I think the thought process at this point is get him off his feet, knock out, you know, knock out the, the tightness that he had in that hamstring with a couple of days rest and then bring him back and hopefully he's healthy for the rest of the season. So it, it certainly nothing that the team is overly concerned about. And you just hope that it, you know, does its natural progression, heals itself in the next couple of days and, and he's back sooner than later. And Taiwan Walker left his uh, start early velocity issues on Thursday against the Mets. You figured against his former team, he'd want to, you know, show them, you know, stick it to them. Like, Hey, this is, this is what you decided to let go. Um, but his, his fastball velocity was down. Um, so he was struggling that day. Are we, are we going to miss him in his next start? Is he going to make his next turn through the rotation? Because if we, if we miss anybody now in the starting rotation, the way things are going, the Phillies are in big trouble. I mean, as we've seen, I mean, they've, they've had to do a bullpen game the last couple times, the fifth spot in the rotation turns around. Uh, they're 
They're two and nine this season when the fifth spot in the rotation is there now after yesterday's W. Um, so I guess this is a, a, a two part question here. Tywan Walker, is he going to miss any time? Um, his next spot in the rotation and how come we're not letting, you know, maybe Mick Abel or Griff McGarry go through some growing pains up here and take over that fifth starter role and just, hey, throw them to the fire and let's see what they can do out there. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the latter part of the question first, those guys just, they're just not ready yet. Um, you know, uh, Nick is, I believe is still being stretched out at this point. Um, I, I think his last start, maybe he went three innings or, or something like that. So he's not even, you know, quite ready, uh, to, to, to pitch as a starting pitcher. And I think Griff is, you know, he's, uh, had some good success so far and he's had some, some games where he hasn't had success, uh, as well. I mean, these are young guys. And they just don't want to rush him. You know, Andrew Painter is a little bit of a of a different story. Is kind of you know that that unicorn, that unique guy that uh, that we look at and think, okay, you know, he could jump up here and pitch at age 19, 20, 21 kind of thing and have success. Uh, but the, obviously, his injury has kept him from being able to do that. So those guys aren't ready yet. Uh, Dave Dombrowski addressed that earlier this week, and he said, you know, they're just not an option at this point. Not to say they won't be an option you know, three or four weeks from now. But at this moment, they're not really options. Uh, they're, they're still trying to figure out what the rest of their options are. Um, Tywin Walker is fine. You know, uh, he came out of that game. Uh, we wondered perhaps if there was something ailing him. Uh, they were very quick to say, nope. You know, Taiwan said it right after the game. Rob said it right after the game. Rob said it again yesterday, you know, because he continues to be asked about it. Taiwan's fine. Uh, there's no reason to think he's not going to make his next start. So, uh which is good news. I mean, you, to your point, they need these guys to be making their starts. There is just so many innings to cover and not enough arms right now to do it. And that's kind of where they're at right now. How long can they stay with the bullpen situation? I mean, it was it certainly worked well yesterday, right? I mean, yeah. the guys pretty much straight through, pitched very well. But it is a difficult thing to do because if you get a short outing from a starter at any point leading into the bullpen game, it really does change Lots of things. So if you knew if you knew you were going to get six, seven innings from all your starters every fifth day, you probably could do a bullpen game. But you just don't know that. So it makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, I talked to Dave Dombrowski on Tuesday, and, he, and he, the first thing he said to me was, we've got to figure out our fifth starter spot. That, they were his, that was a quote. We have to figure the fifth starter spot out. They're, they're trying. You know, they're, they're working on it. But, you know, there are limited options out there for sure. So – you know, hopefully we can the Phillies can weather the storm and uh, and get through this particular time and then figure out that pit spot option. Uh, but uh, you know, right now it's it's a challenge for Rob Thompson and his staff. Absolutely is. All right, so let's uh, let's get into some around the league stuff here. And now I want to start out in South Philadelphia, where the Phillies announced this week that Hall of Fame third baseman Scott Rowland, former GM John Quinn, and former owner Ruley Carpenter will be inducted into the team's Wall of Fame this summer. However, Rowland won't be inducted on Alumni Weekend like every other Wall of Famer over the years, as the celebration will take place on September twenty second. First off, this is long overdue for Roland, in my opinion. Uh, Roland was a great player here. He said what other players had said over the years and over the course of time. Actually, Kurt Schilling is on the Wall of Fame, and Kurt Schilling is is like he said worse things than Roland said about the ownership and the front office group at that time, and their unwillingness. 
willingness to spend to put a solid product on the field. Um, but we treat Scott Rowland like he is J.D. Drew around here. I mean, like, I, I, I don't have the understanding for me uh, on my end. I mean, maybe because I was I was younger at the time. I mean, when you know, in 97, I was 11 years old when he won the uh, the Rookie of the Year. Uh, but he was my favorite player at the time. I love Scott Rowland. I'm happy that he's going into the Wall of Fame. But it's a little little weird that he's not going to be going in on alumni weekend like every other one. Uh, yeah, I guess. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even really take, I didn't even know that. <laughs> um, so it's glad you covered these things on uh, Phillies on deck and the, uh, the, the, the round table. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we talked about him going on the wall. I just didn't realize that he was going to go in uh, in September. I, I made the assumption that he'd go on with everybody else. But um, to me, you know, Okay, well, I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure there's a good reason why that's happening, and uh, for whatever that reason is, it is fine with me. It, does he belong? Yeah, I, I think he belongs for sure. He's a, he was a terrific player. I mean, if the if the idea is you played in a Phillies uniform for I think it's three minimum of three years uh, and had a distinguished career, then you're you, you know you're eligible for the Wall of Fame. Certainly, Scott Rowland fits that bill. And, uh, you know, you mentioned we treat him like J.D. Drew. Maybe we shouldn't treat J.D. Drew the way we treat him. Oh, I no, mean, no, honestly. That's, that's valid. That's valid. So, no, not, 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 the, not the batteries. Not the batteries. But, you know, it, well, that's, the, the, that's venom, valid, the venom is, yeah. is completely fine. I've got no issue with that. But the, the batteries were unnecessary. Yeah, I, but I, and I do because I think it's silly. But, the, but that's just me. That's the way I, I look at it. Um, you know, he, he, there was a guy that at that time did not want to play for the Phillies organization for whatever reasons he had. Okay, well, you know, he went on, he made his decision, he went on, had a half decent career, mediocre career, and 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 goes off into the sunset. I mean, no skin off my nose. I don't, I don't really care. Um, so, you know, it, it it is what it is. And and, you know, I'm happy for Scott. Uh, I covered Scott when he was a Reading Philly. He was the very first person in my entire television career that I interviewed live on TV. Um, and I happen to have a photo of that. That's awesome. Uh, that moment. Yeah, yeah. Like, dumb, complete dumb luck. I was so nervous and so scared that I, I completely screwed up the interview. And um, I, I don't even think I remembered my name when I was trying to sign off. I, I, I was literally that nervous. Hi, this is Murphy uh, Gregg. Yeah, it, it was something like that. I mean, it's bad. <laughs> but, but the still shot that someone happened to take, a fan happened to take, and give to me like a couple months later, I still have, and and it reminds me of that special moment. So, look, uh, good for Scott. Uh, the Wall of Fame is is a cool honor here in Philadelphia, and uh, there are so many different people that have made contributions to this organization over the years that uh, deserve to be on that wall, and hopefully they all get up there at some point. And whether they be players, front office, um, you know, in my opinion, broadcaster. Or two that uh, probably deserves to be up there. Dan Baker, uh, yeah, Dan for sure, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm, I'm happy for Scott Rowland, and uh, and it'll be a great time whenever he gets up on that wall. It'll be a, it'll be a nice night. Absolutely. So Murph, uh, I know you were working yesterday, but uh, did you see the walk off for the White Sox against the Tigers? I did. I did. Wow. Hilarious. Um, you talk about getting dropped. Yeah, well, as long as he's okay, it, 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 it <laughs> had hilarity to it. But, uh, I mean, think about that. That 97 right smack between the eyes, um, you know, that's that's going to drop 
anybody, and it certainly dropped the, the, the home plate umpire. What a way to walk off a game. I've never seen anything like it. I know. But, I, uh, I, I've got some good ones for Can You Believe It this week, but the, I have to put this one out there. Okay. This is, this is courtesy of Jay Kuda on Twitter yesterday. Games in which both okay. teams scored, but neither team had an RBI. Yesterday's occurrence with the White Sox beating the Tigers two to one is the first time it's happened since September eighteenth, nineteen eighty. The Yankees, the, the wow. Blue Jays, and the Yankees. The Blue Jays beat the Yankees. The, the other occurrences: seventy eight, seventy four, sixty seven, nineteen twenty three. That's how frequent wow. something like that has happened. Yeah, that, that's that's cool. That's a cool stat, and yeah, crazy, right? Um, the, the way that that played out. But you know, like I said, you know, hopefully the home plate umpire is okay and. And because uh, at that point, then we can kind of giggle about it. <laughs> what, was it me or did, did it look like the catcher was setting up low? I mean, he was down in like a you know, JT crouch. He had the legs sticking out to the side. And it kind of looked like right before the pitch was thrown, he kind of patted his glove down. So I think the fastball down, was met. Yeah. And, and it, dude, it just it took off right into no the doubt. umpire. I was like, wow. Yeah, it, 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 had, it had such late life. And it almost looked like it went up to the right. I mean, I'm sure it didn't go up, but but it certainly looked like it was rising. And, uh, yeah, the catcher was set down low. It was meant to be low and outside, comes up uh, and in, and uh, he was just late getting his glove up there. But, wow, you know, that that's like a, a punch from Mike Tyson in between the eyeballs. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, Murph, this one great, yeah, and this one's fun. This one's not Major League Baseball, but it's something that, you know, you come across on Twitter throughout the course of your week. So non-baseball here, but with the Stanley Cup Finals going on between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers, a Las Vegas strip club is offering the players of the Golden Knights free lap dances for life if they win the Stanley Cup. Motivation comes in many different ways. This may be enough for them to come out on top or on the bottom, depending on how you look at it. Uh, yeah, uh, I did see that story, uh, and 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 it made me laugh. Um, you know, good for that particular business to now be being talked about all over the country, and that's really what it's all about, right? Yeah, you know, a little bit of advertising goes a long way. Um, <laughs> I'd like to. I wonder if they would get a card or how that would work. I don't, and I don't want to go any further <laughs> on that, but uh, but you know what? Good for good for Vegas. You go nights, right? I think I think I saw Quimby on ice skates the other day. <laughs> do, you, do you think he's trying to? <laughs> I can make the squad. I can make the squad. <laughs> oh, uh, God. That's funny. I, I, that one I had to I had to break out on air for us. But all right, Premier Window Cleaning is the leading window cleaning company in Philadelphia and the surrounding areas. Family owned and operated with thirty years experience, they offer commercial and residential window cleaning, pressure washing, parking garage cleaning, graffiti removal, post construction cleaning. Every employee is trained, certified, and goes through an extensive background check. At Premier Window Cleaning, your satisfaction level needs to be 100% as no job is complete until you're happy. With clients like Chop Roberts to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, you cannot go wrong. For more information and a full list of their services, give them a call at 267-534-5198. That's 267-534-5198. Or go to their website, wehatedirtywindows.com. That's WeHateDirtyWindows.com. On the other side, we're going to award the tickets for August 5th between the Phillies and the Royals for your go-to karaoke song. And we're going to give our picks for Sunday's action as well as Can You Believe It right here on 102.5 Fox Sports The Gambler. Bud Light Baseball Brunch brought to you by our friends at Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club. We'll be right back after this. Spreads, totals, and all the prop bets in between. It's The Gambler. 
Final segment here on Bud Light Baseball Brunch brought to you by Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club in Philadelphia. Just got to let this play out a little bit. Fine, I want it that way, Murph. You know, they, they, he did. He, uh, I got you. See, he, I can't hear that. I, exactly. Because you, know, you, you missed. Yeah, you missed Margaritaville. And oh. coming back at the, you know, going into the second segment. And now he's, he's doing my karaoke song. I'd like to. Uh, Send out a special thanks to our friends over at Echelon Health and Fitness for having us yesterday from 12 to 2 for our broadcast with Eagles and NFL legendary wide receiver Irving Fryer. It was the grand opening over at Echelon Health and Fitness at 130 Black Horse Bike in Audubon, New Jersey. Make sure you guys go over and sign up with them today. Jeff Quinn, great dude. Uh, great time yesterday. The, the venue is beautiful. Make sure you guys go check them out. Again, 130 Black Horse Bike in Audubon, New Jersey. You can give them a call at 856-454-2976. That's 856-454-2976. All right, let's award some tickets here. Go to karaoke song. You're probably wondering why we're playing Backstreet Boys. I want it that way on a baseball show, which is not just a baseball show. Yes, there you go. Keep it going. Keep it going. Not just a baseball show. It is the preeminent baseball show in the Delaware Valley where you don't get this kind of insight anywhere else. Then right here with Chris Sack at Green Legion Radio and Phillies broadcaster Greg Murphy. Murph, we got some good entries that we can go over here. So um, why don't you give me the rest of your top five? You've already given me Margaritaville. Give me your other four. All right. Yeah, so my criteria is pretty simple. Uh has to be a relatively easy song to sing, and I think it has to be a song that the, the crowd knows and can get into. Correct. So th- those are my criteria. And, 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 you know, I would imagine most people feel that way. I, I hate when the karaoke folk gets up there and sings some obscure, like, song that nobody knows. And they're just up there because they want to hear themselves sing. And it's the That's slowest song. It, like, it, like, a slow, yeah. like the I'm, slowest song of all time. Yeah, like, you, can, you can do a slow song, but it has to be the, the right song, right? Like, I don't have any of those on my list. Keep the party going. But, but That's I, what karaoke is. It's, it's, it's the party. Exactly. It's, you bring the energy. Exactly. I agree. All right. So hopefully you'll agree with the rest of my top five. Um, all right. No particular order. I gave you Margaritaville already. Uh, Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire. It's, it's, it's an easy song to sing. No, I guess, I guess in theory, that is a little bit of a slower song, but, but, but people love that song. People get into that song. And, uh, again, in the right moment, Ring of Fire is a good one. And it burns, burns, uh, burns. Caroline. Yeah. It burns, burns, burns. Uh, Sweet Caroline, I mean, you talk about getting one for the crowd. Everybody's singing along, swaying back and forth. You're belting it out. Uh, you know, it, it's you can't go wrong with that. Uh, Friends in Low Places, Garth Brooks, another one that uh, everybody knows and everybody, you know, when they've had a couple of drinks, uh, wants to sing along. You get the crowd going on there. You just hold the mic out. You know, they're doing all the work. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> and finally, if you want to do a duet, my go-to duet is Summer Nights from Greece. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. It's epic. Done that one a couple of times. Is this what uh, you and Krista and, do uh, on your days off? No, see, no, it's funny because Krista would never get up there and, and do that. Um, so but who I, do you but I have with? done, oh, you know, random folks. Uh, you know, I, the last time I did it was a few years ago, actually, on the Phillies um, Fancation during the summer, we went to, uh, you know, or during the winter, we went with a bunch of fans to um, Cancun, 
And so one of the uh, one of the fans that uh, that was on the trip, she and I got up there and did uh, the the duet and uh, brought the house down. You know, so where'd you go? Did you go to Poncho oh, Willie's? Is that where you did the uh, the, the karaoke? No, 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 we were in the hotel. It was okay. a, it was an event for it. So there's like a hundred, you know fans that come on the trip and a couple of our players and some of the broadcasters and it's, you know, it's this, and they have a night, they had a night, a karaoke night. So some of our players got up and sang and, and it was, it was a fun night. So, so that's what we did. Mm -hmm. I like that. Sounds like a lot of fun to me. Yep. We've got nine entries. We've got the Humpty okay. dance. Uh-huh. Big yellow taxi. Living on a Is prayer. A wiggle song? I have no idea. No. Living on a prayer. Okay. Living on a prayer. Right. Don't stop believing. Uh, Good one. Just, just a gigolo. <laughs> sound I like of, that. Sound of one. sound of silence, and then I just stand there and not sing. <laughs> Piano man, redneck okay. woman, and one from your list, Sweet Caroline. Oh well, we know the rules. If it's on my list, I got to vote for that one. Um, there, there's a couple good ones. Couple good ones on there, and uh, but I'll go, I'll go, Sweet Caroline, because it's it's on my list and it's a good one. I'm seeing this guy in less than two weeks for the second time. I'm seeing Billy Joel at the link, uh, so I gotta go, Piano Man, which means John Jansen, you are the tiebreaker. Piano Man or Sweet Caroline, Johnny? Oh, Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. All right, congratulations. I'm, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, Billy Joel's my all-time favorite, yeah. and, and Piano Man's one of the greatest songs ever written. So I would have been fine with either one of those, but uh, all right, Sweet Carol. Uh, Sam will send me, okay, Maureen McConnell. She is a new winner. Maureen McConnell, congratulations. Sam will get your information, and then uh, I'll get you over the tickets. Uh, Sam also chimed in for her, forgot about Dre, the real Slim Shady, and or the real Sam Shady, as she put in here, and uh, Regulate. I I would love to see her sing any of those three songs. Be okay. Classic stuff. Okay. But another one. Congratulations, Maureen, for the tickets. I'll get them over to you later on today. Murph, let's get to our picks for this Sunday's action. Uh you went two and one, only missing out on your underdog twins last week. So you're starting to yeah. you're starting to climb out of the hole here. You're at eleven and seven with fourteen points on the season. I went two and one again last week. Uh, also last week, alongside of you, um, another two-point week for me as well. With missing on my underdog Dodgers, as we went head-to-head -head between the Dodgers and the Rays, which was a was man, what a shootout! Eleven to ten was the final yeah. on that. We should have probably took the over on that one. Uh, but I sit, yes, uh, I'm now sitting at thirteen and five with seventeen points on the season. Give me your first pick for today's action. I'm right behind you. I'm feeling pretty good. All right, first pick today. It's a lock. It's an absolute lock. I got the Phillies. There was no today. doubt in my and mind. I, there was, I almost <laughs> never, I almost never pick uh, our our squad, no. but I, I love them today. I love what what what, dude. I could tell you, we could go back through the tape. There's no doubt that you're always going to pick. You you picked the Phillies on on more than one occasion. Oh no, I haven't picked them once this year. Uh, not, not one time. I think you did. No, when, when I haven't. You 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 predicted Nolan in Cincinnati was going to have a. Uh, he might have no hit stuff that day. You took him that day. I did. All right. Well, that I look. I love it. I, they're minus one sixty. I think they win today's game. Um, I don't think there's there's any question they're going to win this afternoon. I, I mean, I'm I'm saying that not 
as I've, I've really believed that in just in terms of baseball. So uh, I'm taking the Phillies as my favorite, minus 160. You're also, and now I can root them. Too. Yeah, exactly. And you're doing this because you don't want me to root against you. I don't want to root against the Phillies, so I actually no, have to root for you to get a point. Nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with them. This, 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 this is a... Uh, Cut the cut the audio here. This is the, I, I never play the Phillies. All right, my my favorite this week is the Twins minus one fifty five at home versus Cleveland. Joe Ryan is seven and two with a two point seven seven ERA. They've taken two out of three so far in the series. They're going to do what the Phillies going to do last week in Atlanta. They're going to take three or four against Cleveland, and they're going to do it today against Tristan McKenzie. Give me your second one. All right, uh, second one. I'm sticking with the Phil. No, I'm kidding. Uh, my underdog today, it's uh, Colorado and Kansas City. Not not the best game on the slate, but I'm going that way. Uh, Colorado is plus 120 in this game. They're looking for a sweep, and I guess that's why, you know, maybe the odds makers are thinking, all right, you know, Kansas City is going to take the final game here at home. I don't think so. You know, I, I think Colorado's just a little bit better team, and I think they end up sweeping the Kansas City at home, so I'm taking Colorado as my underdog. Okay, my underdog this week is I'm going for a sweep in Queens. I'm taking the Blue Jays plus 120 to sweep the Mets. Uh, they've won three in a row. Make today four. Give me your over-under. All right, uh, over-under. I'm in that game, the the Blue Jays and the Mets. Um, I don't know who's going to win that game. I'm, I'm hoping you're right. It, it'll be the Blue Jays, but the over-under is eight and a half. And uh, it's Senga and Kikuchi pitching today. Uh, they've gone under in their first two games of the series, both uh, both times. I think they go over today. I think they're. I think the bats explode today, Sunday afternoon, and um, I'm going to take the over eight and a half in this one. See, when I I, I didn't want to mention the starting pitcher's name for for the Blue Jays because I just didn't know how that was going to come out. Uh, so I I left that one well enough alone. Um, when I didn't announce the starting pitching matchups. Uh, I'm going to go for my over under. I'm going to go over ten in Brewers Reds in Cincinnati. Ben Lively is pitching for the Reds, three and two with a one point nine nine ERA. Adrian Hauser is a pretty decent starter. I mean, he's one and one this season, four point zero seven. Why is this? Why is this line so high? It's just, it, you know, we talked about this last week. Like things talk to you. Like, am I that yeah. person with a line? For me, I, I think it's going to be runs of plenty today in Cincinnati because the ball jumps out of that ballpark. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Two things we found interesting from this past week in Major League Baseball. Murph, give me your first one. All right. Uh, I don't like this one, but it is kind of interesting. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves. Each of his last 10 home runs have gone more than 420 feet. Wow. Uh, That's the most consecutive 420-plus homers in the StatCast era ever. That's since 2015, Uh, right? yeah, since 2015, the StatCast era. So, but you think about that. I mean, 10 straight home runs where 420, that's poke. I mean, he's crushing them when he hits them. So, 
I'm sticking with the Braves here, too, and it's another one I don't like to announce. Uh, this one is uh, courtesy of Kevin McAlpin on Twitter. Spencer Strider punched out Nick Cassianos for his 100th strikeout of the season. He has reached 100 Ks in just 61 innings, becoming the fastest player to reach the century mark in strikeouts since 1893. Jacob deGrom had the record with 161 and two-thirds innings pitch in 2021. Yeah, it's a good one. Kevin McAlpin, by the way, a buddy of mine, Philadelphia uh, native, working down there for the Atlanta Braves. So good for him. Um, all right. Uh, finally, we remember the Phillies getting swept out of the first series of the season by the Texas Rangers. And we're like, what? What's going on? You know, that Rangers team's pretty darn They're good. Pretty good, man. I think they we're How about this? They've continued to be the hottest offense in Major League Baseball. They've scored 10 plus runs in a game for the 15th time this year no other team has more than eight and they have 15 10 plus games to build 10 plus runs games so that team can hit and they can pitch a little bit too they're a pretty good team yeah that bruce bochi is pretty good as a manager right i mean that was a yeah he's not bad that was a pretty good decision that he made and they made too um i'm gonna go with uh greg harvey here on twitter he is at between the numbs Pitchers in Major League Baseball history to be undefeated, minimum one win, with a sub-two ERA and zero home runs allowed through their first 11 starts of a season. This this version is Sonny Gray with the Minnesota Twins, this year's version, 2023, and 1919 Eddie Ciccotti. Only two wow. to, to ever do that. Two. Two. That's Impressive. It. Impressive. Absolutely. Murph, right. let's look at the week ahead here. We got today's rubber match against the Washington Nationals. And the three Monday through Wednesday against the Detroit Tigers. We're off on Thursday. And then we have the Dodgers. And the programming note, we're back down on Xfinity Live next Sunday. So make sure you guys stop over and say hello. Murph, we need a big week out of our fightings here. Yeah, you really do. You know, now's the time, and I think we've said this already before. But uh, but you're you know you started the show by talking about it's not early anymore, and you're right, it's not. It is time. It is time for this team to start winning five out of seven. You know, seven out of ten. That's that's how they're going to. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. They don't have to win twelve in a row, but they have to win two or three more. They have to be over five hundred two or three games every ten games kind of thing you know win seven out of ten six out of ten seven out of ten you know maybe you jump up and, and win eight out of ten in a, in a particular stretch if they do that not only will they be in in the mix near the end of the season they'll have a chance at the division still they'll certainly be in the wild card mix um that's what they need to do and it needs to start now i agree with you Absolutely. All right. Uh, I'd like to thank Super Sam Brady for setting up StreamYard and running that for us today and uh, for getting me Maureen's email address so fast. Thank you very much for that. For John Jansen on the board and Greg Murphy in our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., I am Chris Sack of Green Legion Radio. And like a 3-1 pitch to Ryan Howard, we are out of here. Phillies, let's go. It is time. Put the foot on the gas and whoop that ass. I can't begin to knowing, but then I know it's growing strong. Wasn't the spring.